upper management just showed up. You think she'd make a cameo, cameo? appearance? Fingers crossed. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Welcome back to Cue the Mic. We've got to start. Welcome back to Cue the Mic. Yeah. What episode are we on there, Emma? Oh, we are on eight. We're doing well. Whoa. That's, well, with how we released episodes, we've done this seven weeks in a row. Wow. I've never done anything seven weeks in a row. You know that. Except, yeah, I feel the same way. But, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> now it's become a habit, right? I know. Isn't that, we're so isn't close habit to double seven, digits. Isn't, yeah, isn't that, I don't know. Isn't that a habit? Once you do it for like, oh, I think you got to do it 15 times and it becomes a habit. Maybe it's seven. I don't know. I don't either. But, yeah, we're doing it. I think it's official. We can say we have a podcast. We have a podcast. Getting lots of feedback. Lots of Lots of good feedback. Yes. Feedback. Right? Grandma, do, grandma doesn't yeah. like that I'm talking about your. <laughs> she, your not that she doesn't like it's, it. It's she not just, your weight loss journey. You're talking about your just, workout regime. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorry. She just. Sorry, sorry grandma. She, hi, Patty. Uh. I'll, yeah. She Patty, just. I'll, uh, Patty, I'll still give you. I'll still give you your discount on all your food for the church. Don't worry about it. Wrong, grandma. Oh, wrong. Dang that's it. Barb. Oh, that's, that's right. Barb. Okay. Yeah. She, and you also don't give it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, but yeah, she, um, Patty mentioned that she just, I told her about last week's episode. She does listen, so um, I'm sure she'll hear it. But uh, I had given her a little heads, or I was talking to her about it, and I said that you had said that. She said, tell that boss of yours. That he doesn't need to shine the light on you like that. <laughs> it's okay, well, Grandma. She's well. Now Emma, everyone's how, gonna how, be watching to see if you're making any progress. I was like, right, right. So, right. I mean, if you, you want to be, if you want to be famous, if you want to be famous, Emma, you gotta be. You gotta. That goes with the territory. I know. I don't know if I want to be famous. Then what are you doing on here with me? I like to be the. Um, I like to be acquainted with famous people. Oh, 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 so now I'm famous. You're in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, so yeah. Man, man, my camera quality is like extraordinary today. It really is. It's kind of stepped up its game. I, man. On its own, too. Look at, looking pretty good. Okay. <laughs> no comment. Let's tone it, tone it down. Okay. Let's yeah. Talk. Yeah, so what's what's going on? How are things? C- crazy day in the restaurant like most of you yeah. know I, I walked in this morning and only two things were broke that's and good so that's start. that's a, that's a big positive two things i was able to fix one of my my own and one of them i thought i fixed but ended up not being fixed so you know i mean it, pretty good shot but spent you know i i normally try and get out of the big restaurant by 11, 11.30, because if I don't get out of there, I'm there till 2 o'clock. Well, I kind of got sucked in, and World Pork Expo is next week, and we do a huge amount of catering at World Pork Expo. Well, I shouldn't really say we. I say, I mean, Shayla and Emma and crew, because 
I go fishing. Yeah. In Canada. I'm so purpose. excited. Yeah. So a big thing for us. So today we were working on a new recipe for oink balls. So you you probably, a lot of you heard right. about moink balls, which are, mm-hmm. you know, beef meatballs wrapped in bacon, moo and oink. And for mm-hmm. Pork Expo, it's all pork, so we make oink balls. And we've made them over the yeah. years, but I kind of wanted to tweak up the recipe a little bit and added some different seasonings in um, and made them all from scratch. So I did that. I did a homemade pork burger I wanted to try out. So we got that, and so we think we're all ready to go into mass production here. So we've only got a couple thousand meatballs to make and a couple, you know, a few mm-hmm. hundred few hundred pork burgers to make and another i think 650 pounds of pork loin to get through cut into chops and pork loin cook and whatever lots of pork loin so anyway um got through that uh had one more thing break on the way out the door and here i am i should just have an adult beverage in my hand but i'm just gonna stay with the iced tea you know I haven't, I'm not into the crazy stuff yet. I do a lot of, like, you do all the kitchen stuff. I do, like, the prepping for everything else. And we, we're not starting that until Monday. Or, so I got some time. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for the Pork up. Expo. Every yeah, we year. Think we got I'm a good excited plan. for the Pork Expo every year. Yeah, it's this year, kind of an off-site. You know, it used to be. We used to yeah. do a huge amount of catering. I mean, I One used to bring f- in. Yeah five 750 pound smokers a 48 foot reefer we rented a tent we did all this stuff on site and then when COVID happened pork expo uh, pork uh, yeah we actually had campers out there and i mean it was 24 7 it just never stopped because it was just a lot easier you're only going to get six hours of sleep anyway so you might as well have them at the fairgrounds rather than driving a half hour home half hour back so um yeah but when COVID happened, it kind of all went to crap like everything else. And then it came back, but it came back very slowly. Well, when it came back, we knew now that we had the capacity at our second Avenue location to kind of handle that volume. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like having another graduation weekend. We're n- weekend number five mm-hmm. in a row of graduations, yeah. which is crazy because it used to be two weekends two weekends in May, and that was graduation season, and we had this big pop for two weeks, and then you hit uh, Pork Expo when you were done, and it just will not stop. It is a freight train. No. The amount of meat these guys are cooking and smoking, I mean, it's just crazy amazing. I mean, I think we've got yeah. another 25 events tomorrow, and I think there's 13 or 14 events on Saturday or Sunday, and... 300 plus feeding the national guard 350 box lunches in the middle of that on sunday and it's just a it's just a damn near shit show but we're getting it all damn done. near but Every, not quite all the, yeah all the all the staff they're knocking it out I'm, I'm ready for them to get it get pork expo out of the way so we can kind of get back a little bit to normal and just get you know get get everybody breathing again and not so stressed out and yeah. not so working so much overtime and kind of uh ease in until the holiday season rears its head yeah and that'll be right around the corner yeah holidays are gonna be here before we even know it yeah i know i know the chaos so uh, anyway this morning yeah. i was I, I was sitting around early this morning about mm-hmm. five thirty at the end of the bar at the restaurant like i normally did and we we're you know emma and i had talked about you know what do we do for podcast what do, you know content's always tough mm-hmm. And yeah. and we had a comment out there 
last week, I yeah. think, on one of the things Meet. from Meet Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Meet Rushmore on Instagram. Uh, he yeah. commented and asked. Uh, he asked for some tips on uh, kind of transitioning from a barbecue competition team to a restaurant, a restauranteer. Right. Which and so I sent to Darren and I'm like, immediately. You said that's going to be a podcast. Yeah, I sent, well, I knew that we were looking for ideas, so I sent it to him, and imme- as soon as I saw it, I was like, hey, here's an idea, because we needed some, but. And so this morning, I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I'm going, okay, how do we make, how do we fill up 45 minutes talking about this? And I start typing. I just get out the Word document, and I start typing, and I start typing, and I start typing, and pretty soon within 15 minutes, I got a page and a half of just different things associated with it was just memory mm-hmm. kind of brought back memory lane of how we went starting a competition team and, and went into vending and, and catering and eventually opened the restaurant. So we're kind of going to go through yep. that and just kind of, you know, like the last episode where we were talking about yep. management and managing the restaurant, we're just uh, talk about things that come to mind about what it takes to, make that transition and and things you really need to look for for you know some tips from somebody that's been through that and and really consulted a lot of people over the years yeah about doing it cuz everybody wants to do it everybody wants to be in the restaurant business and i think right i think they see maybe the lifestyle that Darren lives and and kind of the ability to go out and compete and you know do mm-hmm. different things and go to florida and and do all this fun stuff and you know, this kind of gives a little bit of the insight about what it took to get there because you don't get mm-hmm. there in, in a day. You don't get there in a yeah. day. You don't get there in a year. You don't get there in five years. You know, so it's kind of a long-term play. Or, you, you know, maybe you're not going to live the lifestyle, you know, but, but that's fine. Yeah. You, you can take it wherever you want, but we're here to help you. I'm here to help you as much as I can lay the groundwork if you're thinking about it just give you things to think about yeah um so yeah if you want we can just get right into them i have them written down here um darren's first tip is uh produce good food you gotta have good food okay if not figure out how to make good food there's too much bad barbecue out there you know so don't just try and you don't need to be the best food in the world, but be consistent. Right. right? Um, and it's not hard. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very easy actually. Just, just produce good food. Yeah. Um, Uh upper, upper management just showed up. You think she'd make a cameo cameo? appearance? Fingers crossed. I, I, I think she's probably, you don't want to make a cameo She just walked in with a 12-pack of Cayman Jack margaritas. Oh, no sugar. sounds like you guys are good time. You, you, don't, you don't want to come. Just come on. Just come here for one second. Oh, wait. She's got to put her sunglasses on. For those of you listening, upper management is in the house. And upper management doesn't even listen to our podcast. Wants nothing no. to do with the podcast. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Emma. Oh, she can't even hear you. That's good. She probably kind of can. Your headphones are loud. Okay, so. She waved. 
We got to wave. She, 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 she waved, and now she's back off. She's back off to ride her bicycle. Going to go ride her bicycle. That sounds like fun. Uh, so okay. Yeah. Oh, we love Sherry Poppins. Um, Sherry. Sherry. So then Poppins. back to your tips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so back to your uh, list. Um, your next tip is uh, be compliant. That's be compliant. Yeah. Do it yeah. the right way. I see a lot of people that try and avoid the health department, try and don't carry insurance. You know, just just do it the right way. You know, I mean, like you're never going to be wrong if you do it the right way. And and, and oh, there's it, it's very easy to do it illegally. You can just start oh. doing stuff. But what I find is if you're not doing it legally, you're probably not doing it right either. You know, yeah. so, you know, figure out. I mean, health departments, you can do a lot of stuff with little. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's, right. it's hot food, hot, cold food, cold. And, and you know, right bleach and sanitize and water and stuff. It's, it's very easy to do. And insurance really isn't that expensive to cover. But cover yourself. Make somebody sick. Yeah. And not have it, you're going to figure out the wrong way. So, you know, my advice is, hey, do it up front. Um, yeah. Figure out how to get legal. Become friends with your health mm-hmm. inspector, right? Yeah. Um, or mm-hmm. any inspector. I, I was right. I had the county inspectors in inspecting us this week for our annual liquor license. And, you know, instantly we just, he was in the middle with my GM walking around. And I kind of took over. And we started talking about fishing and barbecue. And I was giving him barbecue tips. And we got about halfway through this conversation. He goes, are you trying to derail me against this? And I said, no, <laughs> not at all. I, I said, uh, let's, we better find something wrong for this report. And he goes, well, I haven't found anything wrong. I said, well, let's find something wrong. you got to have something wrong for the report. Just, I'm just screwing with him, right? He goes, well, I don't yeah. like the boxes on top of the walk-in cooler. They're, they're a little close to the sprinkler head. And I said, okay, good. we got something wrong. We'll get it fixed. And so we got it fixed it, easily, right whatever. And, and he yeah. walked out the door just as happy as a lark with about 10 more barbecue tips, including yeah. listen to cue the mic. Actually... Plug in the pod. Look at you go. That's what, um, I, that's what I do. Okay. Oh. Uh, Emma, Emma, last. I, uh, I, I, how many podcasts have I been on in the last two weeks for enough. the sole reason of plugging you the mic? Right. Fair enough. Right? I mean, at some I'll, point, we're going to get up to 100 followers. We're, we're going we're gonna to do it. Fingers crossed. We're, I think we're. About halfway there. Over halfway. Over halfway there on some things. You're not putting this out on the Smoky D side enough. No. I just am yeah. trying to let us I'm trying to let us get a good base and then Organically we hit, grow. We don't want to we don't want yeah. any pressure. Right. 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 Perfect. No pressure. Um all right, so okay. back to your list again. Uh um have the money to invest up front. Right. So many people want to use the money or whatever. Just I want to do a catering and then I spend all the money on fun things. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, if you want to start in the catering business, buy the right equipment to start off with. Okay. Because you're going to need refrigeration, right? You have to refrigerate stuff. You need good refrigeration. Your kitchen refrigerator is not good refrigeration. You need a way to keep stuff warm. So if I'm going to buy two things to start off with, first, you got to have a smoker, 
right? And, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily want to do stuff on 15 different smokers, right? Mm-hmm. You find a smoker that will handle, and you can have limits of capacity. You know, you can feed a lot of people. You know, let's say, you know, 10 pounds of pork will easily feed 30 people, right? So right. that's 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 virtually two pork butts cooked, you know, and not going to take up a lot of space. So you can feed 100 people pretty easily, and you can stage stuff so it's coming off, but you got to be able to keep, you know, it hot. You got to be able to keep it cold. Have the base equipment. Have the base mm-hmm. equipment because if you're just thinking that, you know, I think the number one mistake, not the number one mistake, but a mistake that a lot of people make is I'm going to cook my pork on my gateway drum today and I'll cook it. And then tomorrow they cook it on their pellet cooker. And I'm like, well, wait a second. If somebody tasted it today, it's going to taste totally separate than it tasted yesterday. So right. you kind of got to figure out what your plan is, you know, and you can use yeah. three different smokers is fine, but cook the same meat mm-hmm. on the same smoker and be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. That's a pretty. Be consistent. Overall. Um, yeah. This one's one I think sometimes we need to think about some days. Keep your menu small. It's, too, it, it's way too late. It's too yeah, we're it, too it's far way, gone. It's but way too late. For you just but, starting, but, for those just starting, keep your menu small. Yeah, keep your menu small. I mean, I mean, if you just offer two or three barbecue meats and two or three mm-hmm. barbecue sides, that's that's where you start. There's always yeah. room to add, but don't make it complex, right? right? Just make it good. You know, you know you're yeah. going to have to have pork. You know you're going to have to have chicken or turkey. You know you're going to have to yeah. have brisket. Okay, or some sort of chopped beef. Doesn't necessarily have to be brisket, but it could be chopped beef. Um, mm-hmm. Keep it with that. You know, when it comes to side dishes, people, they're going to look for beans. They're going to look for mac and cheese. And they're probably going to mm-hmm. look for coleslaw or potato salad. So even a couple cold, couple hot sides, yeah. very simplistic to do, very simplistic to prep. But keep your menu small. Right. Keep, your Keep menu it super small. small. Yeah, we've got a huge menu, and I love to do different things, and but you still got to teach a yeah. lot of people to do that, and so yeah. just just be bought. Take my heat advice. Keep it small. Keep it small. Um, have... and, and and one thing and one thing that I would add along with that oh, yeah. with side dishes is, you know, don't be scared about buying a side dish okay not everything has Mm -hmm. to be made from scratch when you're that size if it's tougher for instance there's a lot of good product out there you can buy some really really good mac and cheese right you don't have to make your own you can make it but then put a twist on it you know put some barbecue rub in it add a little white pepper for a little spice put a topping on it actually you know like we do at the crafty mac Buy yeah. an already made mac and cheese, but then mix in some shredded cheese to make it gooey. Put some mm-hmm. panko bread topping on top or some, mm-hmm. you know, potato chips or something. But, yeah, you know, do something just to make it your own. Make it unique, but do it the same way every single time. Pick a recipe, stick with the recipe. Be consistent. <laughs> Be consistent. And we're going to say that, we're probably going to say that 50 times. We can make it, if any of you guys are drinking while you're listening, uh, like Sherry probably is, uh, in the background. Uh, She's every drinking. time you hear us say, be consistent, take a drink. Take a drink. Right. My mom does that with stuff. <laughs> uh, have, oh, 
you have to have a way for the customers to taste the food. The way you typed that was so weird I couldn't read it. <laughs> have to have a way for – yeah, well, I was yeah, typing it, was it just... so quick, Emma, that – Oh, I just yeah. had to get these minds onto paper before I forgot. That's yeah. how my mind works. But but I know. the one thing the one thing about catering to start a catering business, and I think for everybody, mm-hmm. don't go into the restaurant business. You know, start with the catering business. I think it's a good way to first you can make a lot of money. You can keep your overhead mm-hmm. very low. Um, restaurant adds a hundred times more complexity to the deal, and right. we wouldn't have a restaurant today if it wasn't for catering. But the most important thing is people have to taste your food. If you're going to cater your wedding with me or you're mm-hmm. going to cater an office party, you're probably not going to do that blindly, right? You're going to want to taste the food. Mm-hmm. You know, so we utilized back, you know, back in the day, back mm-hmm. in the way early day, um, 17 years ago, we used you know, um, vending. We would go to barbecue mm-hmm. contests and we'd vend. Or we right. would do people's choice people's choice contest. We would do um, today popular you know pop ups. You can do pop ups in restaurants. There's a lot of breweries that do pop ups that you know you yep. can be legal with the health department and do pop ups and just come there and serve pulled pork nachos or whatever. But get people yeah. to taste your food and get your name out. Yeah, very important. Okay. But then where we started was actually athletic banquets. So when we first started the catering business, you know, Haley was in school and whatever. And and some of the teachers around saying, hey, do you think you could do an athletic banquet? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I can. And I'm going to give you a discount, too. And Mm -hmm. so what we did was because if you think about an athletic banquet, mom and dad were there. The kids were there. Sometimes grandma and grandpa were there. And so you get the whole family. And when you get the whole family tasting the food. Then people start talking about birthday parties and graduations and weddings, and it just kind of spreads. So getting involved in that school system is a real quick, easy way, even if you're giving it, doing it for nothing or very little to cover your cost, it's a great way to get your name out through the school system. Advertising, and that's probably one that I didn't write down, but don't go out and put an ad in the newspaper. It's not going to do you any good. Get people to taste your food. If you're going to do that, spend the money and stand on the street corner and give it away to somebody. At least you'll have somebody that's tasted your food with the potential to eat it. Right. I like that. Um, Design processes so that anyone can do your job. Right. So one of the things I hear from a lot of people is, I can't do that catering because I got to work until five and they want it at five thirty or six o'clock and whatever. So you, you've got to get people involved, whether it's your spouse, if she will, um, whether it's your kids, whatever, teach people how to do what you do, show mm-hmm. them how to do it so that if they need to put pork butts on the smoker while you're at work, or they need to check something, whatever, teach them along the way how to do it or a friend, or a neighbor, or whatever. It just helps to have support. But, I mean, yeah, I know you're the pit master, right? But the pit master, to me, means that they've trained as many people as they possibly can to produce good barbecue. And so if if you're a one-man show, and it comes up on wedding day, and you're sick, what do you do? So design Mm -hmm. that into your process and your way of thinking. Yeah. I think that, 
That that's a good one. Um, have accurate portion charts on what to produce and serve. Right. So very, and we talked about this a little bit before. This one's but, interesting. You know, and and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of charts and stuff out there, but and we'll repeat a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing side dishes, you know, a good rule of thumb: um, six ounce on hot sides, four ounce on on cold sides. You know, so coleslaw and potato salad and stuff, you're probably four ounces, mac and cheese, potato casserole, starchy foods, um, mashed potatoes, whatever. They're going to hit pretty hard. So if you try six ounces there, four ounces on the lighter ones, um, when you talk about the portions of meat, you got to look at Mm -hmm. your bun. Okay. Now, in today's world, we found we used to serve a huge bun with a lot of bread and people didn't like it. They don't like a lot of bread. So the smaller you go with mm. the bun, the less meat you need. Now, we still oh, yeah. we still run everything five and a third ounces on a one meat, two mm-hmm. side buffet. A two meat, two side, we do six ounces, three ounces of each meat. And we, we're very heavy and never have a problem. Are you yawning? I'm not on purpose. This is interesting to me. I just, that 415 yeah, wake tell. up call came very fast this morning. <laughs> So just caught up to me. But anyway, so 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 on side dishes, yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff on the internet, and it's all going to tell you about the same stuff. But but what you have to remember is, as you're trying to portion stuff out, first be consistent, and second mm-hmm. of all, put your plate out there and go measure that stuff out. Grab a four ounce scoop and a six ounce scoop, and put mm-hmm. six or five of the third mm-hmm. ounces, or five ounces, or four ounces of brisket, or whatever you want to serve. Fill it on the plate and see how much food you have. And that's a pretty big plate with those portions. And you and you want people to be able to go back and get some leftovers. But, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you don't want a lot left over. Because if there's a lot left over, you just wasted a lot of time prepping, a lot of time mm-hmm. cooking, and a lot of money that you didn't have to spend. So, right. you know, it, it, it's just... It's just a good rule. Very, very close. It's gotten us for years. We've never changed. Mm. You know, and right. we run six ounces on everything. And I I always want to switch to four ounces. And everybody always wants to stay at six ounces. So we stay at six ounces. But, you know, mm-hmm. I guarantee when we go in, we could probably do three ounces of beans. And it was probably a lot because people have right. s- number one thing. We had a lot of beans. Because you wonder why? Because half the people don't eat the beans. I don't eat beans. Right. I ate a lot of so, beans. But see, balance. Uh, right. This one, I think, kind of ties in nicely. Um, set up your buffet line as not to run out of food. Right. So so when I deliver caterings, and for years I've delivered caterings, I don't deliver too many anymore. Mm-hmm. But when I get a chance, you know, you set up the buffet line. And, and there's only one way to set up a buffet line to me. And you start with your plates and forks and napkins at the front. Now, mm-hmm. some people like their forks and napkins at the end. I'm fine with that, too. But you got to have a plate to start. And then mm-hmm. you go into your cold sides. You know, so if you got your coleslaw or potato salad, I'm putting those up front. And then I'm putting bean, or I'm putting buns. Don't put the buns before your coleslaw, right? It's just going to be in the way. Right. You need yeah. your bun before your meat. So you put your bun right before your meat. And so mm-hmm. you put your meats and then you're going to put your sauces because people are going to want to make a sandwich and then put sauce on it and then go right. to your desserts. But the most important thing is if you have a meat that's very popular and expensive, mm-hmm. let's say burn ends or ribs, yeah. that goes at the end of the line. 
and I always joke with I always joke with customers when I deliver. They're like, "Ah, oh, you got five pounds of burn ends here. Hmm, let's put those over in the corner behind, you know, behind the projector in the kitchen sink." And they're like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, because then not everybody's going to eat all of them." But I tell you what, you want to make a mistake in catering, put your burn ends at the front of the line. Put your meat at the front of the line. Mm. They're yeah. going to fill up their plates full of meat. You're going to run out of meat according to those ratios. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a ton of sides left over. So ultimately, you want to fill yeah. that plate with the cheapest to the most expensive. So the the cheap stuff and the cold stuff, you want to and salads mm-hmm. and whatever that all takes up room on the plate. So by the time they get to the expensive sides, they don't have much room to put a lot on the plate. And then they're already going, "Wow, I got a lot of food. Better not take so many burn ends, right?" Right. And some people are going to skip mm-hmm. it all and go right to the burn ends. You're going to have that, and some people are going to take yeah. one. You know, so don't worry about volume uh, running out. If you use those ratios that I talked about in those portions, you're, I don't think you're ever going to run out of food. Now, you maybe run out of food when people go through the line the second time, but that's okay. Right. They're not paying for a second time through the line. Yeah. Uh, this next one you kind of touched base on when we were talking about being compliant, but um, hot food is hot and cold food is cold. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I see some amateur caterers once in a while, they'll take stuff out and they'll, you know, they'll throw stuff in the back of a truck to go deliver it or, you know, not put, and even in our catering business once in a while, if it's 95 degrees outside, you mm-hmm. cannot take the coleslaw and just throw it on a bread rack and take it out the door. Okay. No. You, you got it. You got to put it in an ice bath. You got to get it in a camera yeah. to keep it cold. It's just super important if you want to if you want to succeed in the catering business. Hot food, hot; cold food, cold. And that's not when it leaves. That's when it gets to the customer and it gets ready to serve. And you know, along with that is, you know, you're also you know keeping pan lids on stuff. You know, barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're catering barbecue, the the worst thing that happened is you take the pan lids off and it sits there for 15 or 20 minutes. Air is yeah. the worst thing for barbecue. Now, you can keep it hot all yeah. you want, but air kills it. So learn how to properly instruct your customers on how to roll back foil lids and how to roll back saran wrap and, and things like that mm-hmm. so that you yeah. know they're keeping the best quality because the best quality is going to sell the person at the end of the line to do that mm-hmm. graduation party. If they get there and the food's crap, they're going to go, oh, why would right. I cater this, right? So you want it to be good for everybody. But hot food, hot, cold food, cold. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one is, um, be consistent in your presentation, same foil pans, bowls, plasticware, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, just be consistent when you're in what you're serving. So many people see something on sale and say, I'm going to put it in this, or I'm going to put it in this and everything looks not the Mm -hmm. same. No, pick pick the way you do it and do it every time. Right. So if you always put everything in a deep half pan, put it in a deep half pan. Mm-hmm. If you always put your salad in a black bowl, always put it in a black bowl. If you, it's fine if you put it in a foil pan, but always put it in the foil mm-hmm. pan. And, and so you want that yeah. presentation to be neat. You want the same tongs and don't try and go to your kitchen drawer and you got tongs that are different sizes and spoons with different colored handles. It just looks wonky. And it's very mm-hmm. easy to buy um, for minimal cost, um, very nice catering software kind of a plug out there's a company called low-tech sales l-o-t-e-c-h sales out of colorado we've been using them for 13 14 years 
Now we get everything monogrammed. So so they stamp yeah, in these do. really heavy duty black utensils, they stamp our name in. And the reason we do that is when people are going down a buffet line, they got to know where the food's come from. So if they're just looking yeah. at food, you can put it on the lid, but when they take off the lid to serve it, nobody knows where it's from. So if right. either use monogrammed utensils, either put in uh, signs up, food provided by, whatever, or some little table yeah. tents that have your name on it and what it is, so that uh, you can do that. And you can buy non-monogram tongs for 75 cents a piece. And so when you look at 75 cents a piece, and you may have to buy 100 of them, but you know, yeah. $75, it's the best investment you're ever going to make. Now, what we like about the monogram stuff is we take them to offices and, you know, of course, people grab these heavy-duty tongs going, wow, this is too good to throw away. So they wash it and put yeah. it in their drawer. And then every time they reach in their drawer, they're like, oh, Smokey D's, haven't had that in a while. And then pretty soon you get the yep. customers calling up saying, hey, do you want to take these 100 pair of tongs back, which we never reuse them. We take them back, yeah. but we don't reuse them because they're like one use only, even though they are 20 use things. But just because yeah. once you put them through the dishwasher, sometimes the stuff rubs off and they're not glossy and they don't look nice. So just be consistent in your presentation. We own a couple of, well, not me, but there's a couple of Smokey D's tongs and spoons at the Durflinger house. I could imagine. Probably yes. stolen. Yeah. No. She purchases from us. Oh. Uh, next one is oversell yourself on social media. Yeah. This this one is the hardest thing to do and the easiest thing to do. And yeah. I've got an Emma, right? So it's yeah. pretty easy for me. But, you know, show off those trophies. Figure out how Emma and I always talk. We talk a lot about food photography. And you don't need a fancy food yeah. photographer. It'd be nice, but it'd be nice. But but I, but I can tell you, Emma gets really mad at me when we when we'll set out a plate of food and she's got her expensive camera that we bought and she's trying to take all these pictures and I flop up and I take one with my iPhone and go, hey, what about this? It's you know, but you you can. It's it's all yeah, about the it's, angle. It's all about making it look good. It's all about highlighting the food. Yeah, and I just yeah. Um, I'm an amateur photographer as it is, so She's it learning. is a lot of, yeah, but it can be. The iPhone pictures tend to do bit better, so take them with that. Yeah, and, I and feel what like I, I've learned, you know, especially you, as of recently. And put but. put uh, I'm big on hey, put food in motion. If you've got gooey mac yeah. and cheese, let's put it in motion. Do a little video, mm -hmm. show it, show it's gooey mac and cheese, and. You know, it, or go to Google. One thing that's constantly, if we're going to take a picture, I can't make this basil mac and cheese look good, right? So go Google basil mac and cheese and look at images and go look at which one looks good because it's not yeah. always about the image. It's not always yeah. about the mac and cheese. Sometimes it's about the background that that accentuates it. So the Right, which is sometimes a hard thing or a, a thing I is. have a hard it time is. grasping yeah. because – it is. I'm trying I have to, to remind her about that, but but overall, yeah, overall a she lot. does a nice job. A so it's just, but getting that word out and oversell mm -hmm. yourself is yeah. is really an important part. Yeah. Um. Oh, per perfect the art of rethermalization. That word seemed really big. To That's me a big for word. A second. 
It is. So, so to all the people that cater and say, oh, yeah, I do everything fresh to order, probably aren't going to do very much catering. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're it's just, it's just It's just impossible. You know, so it's yeah. – it's if you're going to do any scale, and so what I'm saying is if you're going to scale, you might as well start on a small scale. It's mm-hmm. okay to figure out how do you retherm that product the best way. Now, our whole cater, entire catering operation is based upon rethermalization in bags, in cryovac bags. Now, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to happen at all help, with all the health departments. Um, little yeah. trick, you know, some, they hate oxygen-deprived packaging. Health departments hate it. But there's part of that by vacuum sealing, they say within 48 hours, stuff starts to grow and da, 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 da. So they, they absolutely hate it. But there's a caveat that says these bugs and, and everything that's supposed to, that's we probably shouldn't refer to it as bugs, but anything that's going to cause harm to you in oxygen deprived packaging doesn't even start growing for 48 hours. You know, so everything mm-hmm. that we do is never in a CryoVac bag for more than 24 hours. And so it's yeah. dated, it's labeled, it's, it, and then, you know, it's simple for us to, and then you can retherm it. You can boil it. We don't boil it. We, we wrap it in foil and put it in, in the oven. We can put it in the smoker. We can put it wherever we want mm-hmm. that has heat as long as we get it heated up to temp. In a, within four hours and we get it above 165 degrees it doesn't matter so we do h- hundreds and i would guess close to millions of pounds of meat a year doing this huh. and and to me it's right now if your health department doesn't like it i, I know a lot of big time caters that used to take their meat and and put it in foil pans and let it cool down and then they would take a piece of saran wrap and push it down and actually create their own kind of vacuum seal because Mm -hmm. if you were just to put that in a pan and cover it up with saran wrap when it heats up it starts steaming and when it steams then it's going to turn your pork gray but if it can't get any air it's going to stay nice and pink and it's going to look like it just came off the pit so there's tips and tricks there that happen you know, uh, a lot of people use the freezer. I know a, a lot of guys out there that have relatively good-sized catering operations that will cook yeah. up, you know, 500 pounds of brisket or 500 pounds of pork, and then they'll crowd back it in five-pound packages, and they'll, you know, put it in the freezer, and all of a sudden they got a catering for tomorrow. Boom, take it out. Within two and a half hours, they can heat it right up in the oven, dump it just damn near as good as it came off the pit. And so you've got to learn the art of rethermalization. And, and that, mm-hmm. if you're just starting out, that makes it super easy. Now, of course, you want the health department to buy into what you're doing. So labeling yeah. plays a part of that and getting back to having the right equipment. You know, cold food, right. cold. I mean, if you're going to rethermalize stuff, you've got four hours to get that below 40 degrees. And so you're not going to put that in, you're not going to put 200 pounds of meat in your home refrigerator you're going to go back the right. next day and it's going to be, you know, still warm. So whether mm-hmm. it's an ice bath to get it cooled down or a commercial refrigerator, something, you know, it's going to be a lot of work to start. But the, the bigger you grow, the easier it becomes. But it's all about air movement. It's not about necessarily 
keeping stuff cold. It's a, it's about how do I move air to get it chilled down. So we actually have blast chillers. So we have huge blast chiller. We can put thousands of pounds of meat in and get it down below, you know, 38 degrees in, in a matter of 90 minutes. So very easy for us, but in the backyard or just starting out a catering business, you just got to think about that. You know, they do sell, Mm -hmm. um, blast chillers and smaller that only handles one or two trays but you got to spread that meat out you got to get it cool down and then you can package it yeah um over communicate with new customers yeah so if you got a new customer you know the the biggest thing they're worried about is are they going to pull this off and if you can over communicate and just kind of whether that's an email, whether it's whatever, hey, we're still set, you know, um, and, and mm-hmm. we're not the greatest at this. And, and I'd like to improve like this from our catering perspective, mm-hmm. but we're so huge. It's hard. We, we have a hard enough time getting the phone answered to take all the orders, let alone yeah. kind of getting back out to everybody and saying, hey, still set. Got you set for 25 people tomorrow at three o'clock. What person should yeah. be arriving here. Just all that other stuff gives them peace of mind. You got to be easy to do business with. You got to be yeah. easy to um, to call, to respond. You, you, you can't wait two days mm-hmm. to respond, you know, and if you're going to grow, you got to just be really good at that. Up until I think 2010, I was the catering mm-hmm. person. Okay. 24 seven. Yeah. They had my cell phone. I just handled it. And, you know, it's just, it's pretty, it's relatively easy. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. but you gotta, you gotta make the time to do it. Take 15 minutes a day and make sure you're following up and have a routine that, Hey, I'm going to send out that email or I'm going to make that phone call the day before from a catering saying, right. Hey, here's our plan. Anything changed? Everything's good. Give some peace of mind. Yeah. It's going to help you grow your business. Yeah. Uh, change or that does not say change. That says charge that says the charge. market. Yeah. Charge the market or a little under. Yeah, so if Reading you're, you're so starting hard. out, I see a, I see a lot of people that, you know, starting out, and and I and I see stuff on Facebook and and different things, and I'm like, you know, they're they're just starting out and they're charging thirty two bucks a pound for brisket. Right. And I'm and I'm That's charging twenty and I'm charging twenty dollars for brisket or twenty twenty one dollars for brisket, and so I look at them and I'm like, hmm. That's interesting because food's not costing them that much more. Right. They're just, you know, so you don't, yeah, you want to charge the market. Remember, if you're the new guy on the mm-hmm. block, you can afford to be cheaper because you don't yeah. have the infrastructure. I mean, I have huge infrastructure at Smoky D's, right? And I'm still mm-hmm. able, and so I always, right now, I'm to the point that I make it up in volume. But when you're first starting out, mm-hmm. know your cost. Right. Know your yeah. food cost in the barbecue business. You know, if you can get north of 30 and south of 40 percent, you're doing a great job. So as you're figuring food cost, if, if brisket today and I know brisket mm-hmm. today cost me eight dollars and sixty seven cents a pound to produce all the way through seasoning and, and everything. So if you know that and at 30 mm-hmm. percent food cost, that's going to put me, you know, up there at times three yeah. or whatever. It's going to it's yeah. going to put me up to whatever food costs. So know your food cost. Yes, you want to make some profit on the deal. Yes, you need to cover and you want to grow. So don't try and be $10 under. Don't give it away. 
but if the competitor's charging twelve ninety nine for a meal, that doesn't mean that you can't charge the same meal for eleven ninety nine because I guarantee if you're just starting out, you can do yep. it. Now you can always inch up your prices as you become more popular and whatever, but you don't want to you don't want to raise your price because some people are going to see the price and they're going to go, huh, I'm out. I can get it cheaper at Famous right. Dave's, right? Or any yeah. other, I pick on Famous Dave's, but anywhere else, right? And so right. make sure you're in the market. And I think it's okay to be a little under the market when you're first starting out just because you don't have that overhead infrastructure. Yeah. Um, have realistic expectations of profits. Yeah, kind of back to living the lifestyle, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm telling you, even in the restaurant business, in the barbecue restaurant business, if you make 6 to 10% bottom line margin, you're doing great. There's just a lot of things that happen. So I think it's very important. Um, you're going to have a lot better margins starting out of your driveway because you're not going to have to pay rent. You're not going to have mm-hmm. all the equipment infrastructure and the electric infrastructure and everything that goes. So it, right. it's all about scaling. It's all about you can do it. Yeah, I'm always one I'd rather be on the cheap side than the more expensive side um, yeah. going in as I'm trying to grow the business. Now, I can once I get enough business, I can start popping up my prices a little bit and come in part of the market, but know your structure. But 6 to 10%, you know, I mean, we did 100,000 in sales our first year out of our driveway. That was a lot, which if you look at that in today's terms, that's 6000 to $10,000 in profit. That's not a lot for a year's worth of work. Now, I'm guessing back mm-hmm. then our profit margins were probably 40%. Yeah. Right? And, and it, because we didn't have all this infrastructure, we had a trailer, but we didn't have a lot of stuff. You know, so it kind of takes mm-hmm. us into, you know, the next one is kind of investing yeah. back in your business. So that's the time when you first start out and you do a $2,000 catering and it only costs you $400 to pull it off. You got mm-hmm. 1600 bucks. You can go buy a toy or you can invest it back in your business. And for the first, I tell you, for the first five years and probably six or seven years, we never took a dime out of that business. Everything was once we could, but we never had to go to the bank either. You know, so when mm-hmm. we opened our second and third locations, we did that out of our checking account because we saved all that money that we made and we were able to furnish all those locations without ever going to the bank and taking out a loan because we worked our ass off in the first few years That's insane. and put all that money back into the business. And that's how you're going to be successful. Don't go into a huge amount of debt. Don't do yeah. not start borrowing from your 401k. Do not do it. Figure out a way to make mm-hmm. a little money on the side, figure out how to take that money and make it into more money. You know, it's kind of like the real estate business. Real estate guys become really rich because they make money. They buy more real estate. They buy more real estate and whatever. And pretty soon, you got a lot of real estate, right? Yeah. You got to do the same thing with the barbecue business. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next one you have is you don't build a business by saying no. Never said no. Oh, you actually never did, mean Sometimes twice. I... Well, I've said no to Last you. Last week. Fair enough. <laughs> but, to a, but to a customer that wants to do oh, business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, we never I, say no. I, I, we never say no. 
you know, I mean, why yeah. would you say no? I mean, we, we actually, yeah. we have people, we have people that call us at eight o'clock in the morning and want to feed 75 people to 11. And the answer is yes, we can do that. You want to know why? Because we know how to rethermalize. We want to know that True. because we have a, we have a process and we can make that happen. Now you're not necessarily mm-hmm. going to be able to handle stuff that quick, but you nope. got to think about that when you're designing your business. Don't say no. You're never going to grow saying no. Now you may be you may have to say, Hey, I can't do this. If somebody comes mm-hmm. to you and, and you provide pork and brisket and they want you to do ribeye steaks, yeah. it's okay. Nope. Sorry. I can't, uh, we don't do that. It's right. okay to say no. But when people call up and say, Hey, I'd like you to care. Uh, no, I was thinking about going to the lake that the weekend. No, figure out no. a way to get it done. Whether it's a friend, whether you can still go to the lake. Yeah. That goes back to the training of a friend, whoever, to be yeah. able to, hey, can you heat up this meat and, you know, get it all ahead, have them set up for success and things. We did mm-hmm. that so many times, but yeah. and it paid off in the long run. Yeah. And, and then the last, the, yeah, yeah, the, the last, last one you one, have. The last one is, is kind of my favorite. And, you know, it's just it's cheesy. It, it, it's cheesy, but, it's but it's so, so true cheesy. that. You know, own your own business. You'll never work another day in your life. And people Feels- don't realize that. And someday, Emma, when you own your own social media conglomeration, or maybe you'll okay. own Smokey D's, right? And maybe you don't have the desire. But once you own your own business, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's crazy how good it becomes. How 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 so much pride, just for us to be able to grow yeah. And see what we've done. You just, it's never work. It's never work. I mean, it's, you know, we've been going strong for how many years? And it's like, I have no intentions of ever retiring. Why would I? Now, I might come to the office a little less. I might Mm -hmm. be a little, I'm not going to be a little less picky, but I'm still chief oversight manager. And I'm super (laughs) impressed. Chief oversight manager. Yeah. I walk in and see what's wrong. I point out what's wrong and everybody hates that I point out what's wrong, but all I'm trying to do is make it right for the customer. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my list. And, and, and that last and, one and there's, feels... pro- and there's probably things that, um, oh, that were probably... on the yeah. list, but you know, I typed that list out in five minutes this morning and that's how much I love the barbecue business and how much I love the catering business and just teaching people about how to do it the right way. I think how long it took you to make this list has changed every time you said that, time-wise. Just yeah. to, yeah, you're not, not very consistent it was, in it, that. It was, it was, it was <laughs> not long though. It was, it was very, no. it was very quick. And 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 I think hopefully this is a good episode, and people are able to yeah. kind of share this, and it'll entice people either to get in the business or get out of the business and do it the right way, and and just figure out. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you got questions, we're always here. You know, I'm just leaving the comments. We're, we're all there yeah. and we're, we can talk about it and we can shout out about it and stuff. But, um, he this says is we. what we've learned over the years. We, I'm there. And then I'll send him a screenshot. We, right. We, we, we are a team. You're right. We are a team. We are a team. And okay. we'll read it. That's yeah, enough. I think that was okay. I learned a lot. I mean, I don't think I'll be starting my own business anytime soon, but. Why not? Now you have the guideline. Now you know. You got the playbook. No desire. 
No desire? Maybe, I mean, That's what's I wrong with know. the youth of America. What about okay, living the on. American dream? We're not even going to start I feel like this. The American, yeah, I don't feel like the American You've, dream has probably changed over time. But and I have no, I, I have no problem with people who start their own. But I think it'd be cool. I just don't have anything, any passions that would lead me to start my own business. Find your passion. Maybe. Find your passion. Po- this is my passion. I've always wanted to have a podcast. I know you're doing a good job. We got some. I was on the uh, I was on the uh, barbecue and baseball podcast last night and recording mm-hmm. that. And they gave a shout out to Emma, saying Emma's doing a really good job. And I said, Oh, great! She's that feeding you nervous. and she gives you shit and whatever, and makes you nervous. So anyway, but you know, lots lots of fun. We're having lots of fun with podcast and yeah, and just life in general. Yes. Hmm. For sure. But, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I don't have anything else for this one. So, I think I think that's it for this week's episode. Also long. It's like, also what? When you type, it's also a very long episode. When Seems I come to up with the content, it's long. Yeah. 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 That's okay. You're passionate about it. That's we'll okay. just keep it's it good. rolling We're starting to way. lose them now. We're starting to banter. So, yeah. it's time to go out. So, thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. This was episode eight of Cue the Mic. See you guys next week. And and where do we where do we listen to this oh, yeah. at Emma? Don't you forget always forget to, the closing. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube if you're into that. Uh hit that notification bell. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, uh and find us on all podcast platforms if you're if you need to And you might want to go to you might want to go to YouTube because cause my camera's yeah. on this episode's really good. Yeah. Well, you said usually that at I the end. Sh- no one's going to see I it. Usually I got a spot. Oh, so they're going to have to go well, back and okay. re-listen. Okay, but then I'm, anyway. out, I'm out of here. That was episode eight. Cue the mic. See you guys. See ya.